for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified podcast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Sully. How's it going today, Sully? Hey, Sully. I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Just just kind of hanging out. It, it's been a hot one today. I know you uh, You guys are technically in the middle of your winter right now, or like yeah. cold. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's cold here. <laughs> so it, it's, you know, it's one of those things that I'm still trying to get used to. I've only really been, I mean, I've been doing the podcast stuff for a while now, but like talking to international artists while we're like thousands and thousands of miles apart, just trying to get used to everything going on. Like, well, I'm right now it's like a hundred degrees Fahrenheit and by you it's like zero degrees Celsius, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, oh, damn. So it's, temperature and time and just everything yeah absolutely absolutely but um before we jump too deep into everything i want to thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me and chat i know it's late morning right like 11 o'clock or so by you yeah yeah 10 10 30 yeah yeah okay i I was sitting here i was like trying to do the math quickly in my head and i'm like that was very good (laughs) well you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, I got to try and remember what the time difference is and then try and do the math. And it's like, 11 o'clock sounds right, but I'm off. But yeah. Yeah. No, but you, that was, that was pretty close. <laughs> so um, one thing I want to do really quick is uh, to get to know a little bit more about you. What's kind of your backstory? What got you into music? What? um where did you come from like what's your origin story yeah sure well um I grew up in country Australia country Mm -hmm. Victoria um and essentially I got signed up for music lessons as a lot of kids do I guess when they're eight or nine years old um and so my first instrument was piano and um I grew up in church so singing wasn't something that I naturally or er, like took on early. Um, I'm not one of those singers who has been singing since they were three years old. (laughs) Um, So yeah, essentially just played piano, classical piano for um, for a few years, took up violin for a year, took up saxophone. So I was always really curious about music. Um, Didn't really grow up in a musical family though. So um, I guess like later on in life, it was really cool to, to discover a lot of albums that, some people had grown up with um but yeah so started singing when I was about 16 um just at church and then moved out of home and um didn't really do too much with music after school until I joined a cover band when I was 21 um and essentially just kind of went along to the audition for a hang like it wasn't really something that I had my sights set on um kind of just got along with the guys and um, got got the gig. And then my first gig was like a month after that and then had to learn, you know, 40 songs or whatever. And, and that was it. Um, loved it. Decided I wanted to do it full time. And probably five years later, I, yeah, I became a full-time musician. So. Awesome. Awesome. And is it just recently that you really started to explore your own solo project or how long how long before um how long after you started doing the uh cover stuff did you kind of decide to start doing your own solo stuff yeah sure um I'd always written but I hadn't really um like I joined a few original bands here and there but nothing really stuck um, I started a solo project a few years ago um, under another under another name and that um, released a couple of EPs off that and then that kind of stopped. 
Sully's been in the works for probably 18 months. So we started mm-hmm. writing kind of last March, okay. March, April, thereabouts, um, and then released the first single back in Jan yeah. this year. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. I had a chance to listen to the single. It's awesome. I really enjoyed it. But one Thank thing you. that I really enjoyed was the music video that you released, was it about two months ago, back in June? Yeah, that's it. Um, so what was it about this single in particular that you chose it to be the first kind of release for the Soli project? Um, this was the second song that we'd written. Oh. Oh. So um, I've, got a, I've got a co-write and a producer that I work with here in Melbourne. Um, shout out to Evangeline and SB90 they're amazing Um, so I decided that I should know better it was probably pretty reflective of where I was at um, at the time just um, so it was like written about a a situation that I'd encountered and it just it's the the message I guess is just about um, caring too much about what other people think that aren't really, I guess, um, sensitive or really like, so it was written about a stranger that I met and he just said something to me that really upset me. And I don't know why it upset me so much. So it just kind of was reflective of getting to that point where it's like, you know, it's fine to be sensitive to what it is that people I think say and do, but it shouldn't affect you that much. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, so that's the reason why we decided to, or I decided to release it. And, um, then I worked with an old friend on the video. Um, he had the idea of doing like the one, the one shot. Mm-hmm. One take, one take. Um, and yeah, um, my friend Zach came on board cause I really wanted somebody to, um, play the, the narrative out. Um, mm-hmm. And I've known him for ages. Like he's a really talented writer and rapper him in his own right. So it was really special to have him as the as the the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. It, it's like you knew exactly what I was going to bring up was the one shot. Like as a guy that has done film projects and does a lot of video work, that was the first thing I noticed. Like you know sometimes people try and cheat it a little bit where they'll do like a wipe and it's like, Oh, they cut it right there. And yeah, there wasn't really anything in the video to hide that this was a one shot. Like it was all right in front of you. Um, You said that whose idea was it to come up with the uh, one shot or the, yeah, the one shot. Yeah. Yeah. So my friend Gary Robertson um, has done, a last my last few film clips so um it was it was his, yeah it was his suggestion um because initially we were actually going to go with uh like choreography and dances and do a, a big production thing and then it just got to the point it wasn't feeling right to me um and like I'd, I'd, I'd met with some amazing people to to start work on it and it just every time I kind of thought about it it was like giving me a lot of anxiety and then I, I kind of just pulled Gary aside and I just said, look, um, I don't know what else to do. Yes. Um, I had this thing in my mind and now that it's um, becoming a kind of a reality, it's just not feeling right. And he's like, yeah, well, I had this idea. I've always wanted to do this thing. And, um, and I, so I just completely put it in his hands. I said, mm. look, I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, mm. So we shot it at my house. Yeah. Um, and it was just so easy. My friend Sarah Della Cruz um, got on board for styling, um, and another friend Nerida came and did uh, like hair and makeup. It was literally like on the day. Um, mm-hmm. I met with Sarah like four days before. It was all kind of a little bit last minute by the by the time it got to that shoot day, but everything just fell into place, and I just felt so happy and calm, and it just intuitively felt really good. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was the one thing that really impressed me was, and th- this is going to be a very technical thing, but how consistent the lighting was. Because given that you see, like, so once you walk in through the front door, like that entire, li- I, it's like your living room and kitchen, I think, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. 
you yeah. see everything. So there's really nowhere to hide any like external lights or like extra lights. So you have to like make sure all the uh, like lamp or like the light sockets or whatever, you know, lamps are, uh, are really well used and the lighting was really consistent. And that just spoke to me. And I was just like, all right, your, your team knew what they were doing. And yeah, so. Oh, thank you. That means the world. And yeah, Gary, that's all credit to Gary. Um, he rigged up some stuff outside in our courtyard. And that's when I'm like stopping at the door at one part, you know, you can see that come through and then, um, yeah, he's, he's amazing. So yeah. all credit to Gary. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 from the beginning, it took me a couple times. I had to watch it a couple times because I thought you did a wardrobe change at the beginning because when they were on that really tight shot, of you in the car, I thought the like the bucket hat that you were wearing was like a hoodie, just like how tight it was and oh. how the hoodie was or the the hat was sitting. I was like, okay, she's sitting there, she's got her hoodie up, and then you get out and you walk around and wait, she's not wearing a hoodie. What's going on here? And then I go back and I'm like, nope, that's what she's wearing. It's just it was magic. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was sitting there, I was like, first time I saw it, I was like did she do a wardrobe change in between like the four and a half seconds that she walked from the car around the thing to the courtyard? No, she couldn't have done no. that. Right? <laughs> but no, that, that was really awesome. Um, once you handed over, essentially you handed over creative control to your videographer because you weren't feeling right about your original idea. Yeah. What did you start putting in any input or did you just take hands off and worry about what you have to worry about mainly hitting your marks and uh, like the acting or the, yeah, the acting portion of it? Yeah, I just, I handed it over. Um, Sarah was there as well. And he, sorry, she was really, really great with um, just keeping an eye out on, I don't know, just the, just the little things that I guess would have distracted me from the actual filming. Um, so she was just an absolute blessing to have on the day. Um, I'm, I really love collaborating with other people. So I think for me, handing over that, that control um, is easy um, to a degree. Mm -hmm. So um, having the team that I have as well, that's probably why it's easy, more to the point. Um, because I do have people that, yeah, I do very much trust and, and have been working with um, or have worked with before. Um, so, you know, Gary just kind of took that and then I was just able to focus. It only took us like, it was weird. It was like the setup just took forever, mm -hmm. um, getting ready and all that. And then we just like, we shot it. We went through it. We ran through it a couple of times ran through it like for real a couple times extra and then that was it and um it was really funny because like that whole that last bit where we get a little bit argy bargy and um yeah zach and i are, like having the fight at the end i couldn't keep it together yeah. like <laughs> yeah. it was just like i don't want to hurt you i don't want to but it was great so you know zach was just like no you have to we have to like you have to do this and you have to get in there and um it's great it was really, really great. Um, yeah. yeah, so took a couple of times and then we had it, we had it down. So nice. That's awesome. You know, and that's always the really nerve wracking part when you have a big, long take that you have to make, like, like, especially for a one take shot. And then it like a lot of it relies at the end, like there's this big climactic moment that you have to hit. And that it's just like, because I know when I've tried to do similar stuff, it's like, we get to that climactic moment and then I freeze or I'm worried I'm going to freeze or I'm worried that I'm going to mess up. And it's like, dang it, we got to do this whole seven minute shot or five minute shot again, just for me to mess it up, you know, and it's just like plays with you a little bit, but. Yeah. Like if you stuff up in the first minute, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Once you hit like the three, three and a half minute mark, it's like, <laughs> if I make a mistake in the next 20 to 30 seconds, yeah. I'm going to ruin the whole thing. So it's just like, 
yeah that that I I'm with you that was um that was definitely playing on my mind as well so yeah we uh when I was uh first like really starting to explore my creative element in film I I came or had this project um that I was working on and I decided to act in it like I had never really acted before and I was like okay I'm gonna take this role because I think this role is a lot like me and there's this scene where my character is having a mental breakdown and in his mental hallucination he murders his son and then his wife attacks him so uh, in the it's it's like this really long shot and we get to the end and there's this scene where this uh, my the girl that was playing my wife is just supposed to like try and knock me out but like just slap me and she was so afraid that she was going to hurt me. I was like, no, just give it to me. Like, whatever you do. And she's like, are you sure you really want me to just give it to you? And I'm like, I mean, go for it. And I'm, she's like, okay. So the next time around, she came in with the biggest slug to my face I had ever felt. And I'm like, I'm so in the moment that I oversell it. And I do a head planner into the wall because I, <laughs> because like, I was like, I knew where the camera was. And so I was like trying to sell it a little bit more. And so she came around and she hit me really hard, which I, I was expecting her to hit me harder, but not as hard as she did. And so she got me and then I just went right into the wall. And I just look over and the director's like, yo, we got to cut. What'd you guys just do? And I'm like, give me a minute. And I walked over into the other room because I was so heated that. Oh my God. Happened, happened. And I was like, wow yeah so but yeah yeah you that, and that's the thing like if you weren't expect if you were expecting like a 20 percent increase in that <laughs> from her yeah. and you got like a 60 percent that would yeah. that would knock me yeah, yeah. that would not and it was just well. one of those things where, like i mean it didn't the only thing that really hurt me was when i threw myself into the wall and that's what really hurt me. It wasn't so much that she hurt me. It was just like, yep. she came around and then my entire body weight's already moving one direction. And I'm just like, you guys got to give me a minute. I got to take, like, I got to think about yeah. this one for a second. Have a minute. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Knowing, knowing what a long shot and then blowing it at the end, it's like, dang it. I hate it. Yeah. You know? And that was a brand new experience for me as well. Like that's not something that, like I tried to think about how it would go, um, but yeah, nothing kind of prepares you. It, so it was good. Like we had basically a script and, um, but every time we did it, like a new element would, you know, kind of accidentally pop up. So that was, that was interesting. <laughs> I gotcha. Um, when did you start shooting the music video for this? Was this before the pandemic had hit or did you kind of, was this kind of like a pandemic project? No, that this was before. Yeah. Okay. So, um, just trying to think, I think it was in December, uh, I think it might've been in December mm-hmm. that we shot. We've done, we've done a whole heap of like live series as well. So I might be getting confused, but yeah, it was around the start of the year. I think it was, yeah, yeah like December the 8th or something like that. And um, I've been sitting on it a little while in the, the, the pandemic hit. Um, and then I started speaking to Tammy about like the release and all that sort of stuff. And we kind of, we were going to wait. And then I just, I couldn't wait any longer because, um, you know, I wanted to share it. Yeah, <laughs> I And so you brought, I was going to bring up the, uh, like the live acoustic stuff, like the series that you have on your YouTube channel. And that's something that you started at the beginning of the year, it looks like. Like, Yeah. Yep. So we do kitchen covers. Um, So it's essentially just me and the two boys that, um, well, when we can get back to playing live. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. They, they play in the Sully outfit and um, yeah, we just like do covers that, you know, we really love. Um, so, it's, you know, quite a bit of pop and R&B in there. So, Toblo and Usher and, yeah, um, Sinead Harnett. And then um, we're, I'm actually in the process of releasing um, some lounge room lives that we shot just before everything kind of got crazy right. as well. So, yeah. um, I released a live version of I Should Know Better 
um, which you can find on my new YouTube. And then there's uh, two more that haven't been released that I'll be releasing. So there's another one coming out on Friday. Oh, nice. Awesome. I was yeah. going to say, because I noticed you'd taken a little bit of a break and I, I was like doing the math. I was like, oh, okay, that's probably around, right around when the COVID started. And then it looked like you'd started picking back up a little bit because I noticed you just released the acoustic cover of I should know better. Or I should know better. I had it yep. right there and I still can't pronounce it. <laughs> oh, man. It's a, uh, yeah. But so that's something that you're hoping to uh, continue doing as just like a little side thing to do like covers. Is it main, do you mainly see it doing cover songs or just like an alternative to um, your originals? Um, oh, look, if I could just do the original thing, that'd, that'd be a dream. Um, and we, and, you know, like actually taking some time out and just doing a heap of writing from home. And like, I had a songwriting session yesterday with, um, with the team, with Evie and SB90, and we've got a new one down. Um, it's, yeah, that's really fulfilling. The covers are fun and, you know, I'm lucky enough that I get to do that for a living. Um, but I've got like a new, I've got a new single coming out October the 2nd. So I'm kind of. I think like very much focused on the, uh, on the originals at the moment, like my own projects. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that was actually going to be my next question was, so now that the single's out and the music video's out, you're getting ready to release another single. Are you building towards like a EP or an LP or do you kind of just see yourself doing singles for now? Yeah, I've got an EP um, that. We've written the songs, um, just got to go back and um, I guess fine tune them. So we've got a set there um, and I'm just, I don't know, I just want to keep writing, maybe build towards a, an album for next year. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, for now, the EP will be coming out. I'm not sure when, um, but the song is ready to go. And um, I think I'll probably drop this next single and then either do one more or just drop the EP maybe early okay. next year. So. Gotcha. Do you have a idea, or do you want to do a music video for the second single? Um, yes, we're actually working on it at the moment. This second single, um, I don't want to give away too much, but okay. we're in the process of relaunching the whole project, um, okay. and it's super exciting. I'm working with an artist, and um, maybe I'll, I'll give you more if I were closer. <laughs> Yeah, no, I completely understand. And now that you mentioned that, it may now that you mentioned that you're kind of rebranding and relaunching everything. I was because I was sitting here trying to do some research on you, and I was like, okay, well, I see. The, I, I saw the article for the release of the music video. Okay, that that's something. And then yeah. you, that's why I asked you for like a website or something. And you sent me the link tree and I was like, okay, this, get, this is getting me in the ballpark. I know I'm researching yeah. the right person. <laughs> yeah. And then I finally yeah, found your, my, and then I went to your Facebook page and it was like, she must be rebranding or something like it. Th there's no, yeah. I've gone dark. <laughs> yeah. But you know, yeah. right now is the absolute perfect. Like if you're going to do a rebrand like that, it's the right time to do it. Because, you know, if you come back out, guns blazing, like, now you can kind of take your time to get it where you want to, like, get your image where you want it to be, and then come out of this pandemic guns blazing, because now you're where you want to be image-wise or brand-wise or, you know, whatever. Um, that's something that we did early on in the pandemic. You know, we had the like once we went into lockdown, I was like, okay, let's figure out how to kind of reimagine ourselves and rework everything. And so like from March 20th, when I went into lockdown, I took three weeks, had a new logo, had a new look, new feel, you know? So right now is the absolute perfect time for something like that. I agree. Um, and I think it's something that I, this particular path that we're kind of going down, and I say we because there are so many people that help me do what I do. Um, it's something that I've wanted to do 
for a long time. Even with the last project, we, uh, yeah, it was just something that's been on my mind. Um, because like visual arts as well is uh, like, I'm very much interested in, in visual arts. And I think, you know, um, in, incorporating that aspect into my music is um, really close to my heart. And I'm really, really glad that I get the opportunity to, to be able to do it. Um, yeah, so it's just a matter of getting the, um, getting it all together and then, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. That's really awesome. Um, and I'm really excited to see where you kind of take everything. Uh, so one thing that was kind of interesting to me, what is it about, because you got a, you're very much an R&B type artist, right? What is it about R&B that kind of speaks to you? What, what is that? What is it about that genre? Um, I don't know. I, I just, I think ever since I was younger, um, just there's so much authenticity that comes through the delivery, but singer, the, the lyric, um, like pop is also very close to my heart. So I guess it's kind of like marrying the two. It was always going to be something that I could, you know, really see myself doing. And now I get the opportunity to do that. Um, yeah. Something about R&B that just, hits me i can't put it into words it's just a feeling that yeah it just, it just makes me feel good yeah gotcha gotcha who are some of your uh musical influences that you kind of draw from oh i don't even know if i've got yeah um at the moment so like i really love artists like neo sinead harnett um, Robin, Tovlo, um, oh, it probably changes depending on who I, who I'm listening to at the time, yeah. to be honest. Like, you know, I've been listening to like a bit of gorillas lately. I've been listening to, um, oh God, it's just so, such a wide range. It depends on my mood as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I really, really love, um, you know, I really kind of, um, hard hitting lyric as well. So I think, um, a singer who can deliver something that's not of the norm, um, kind of really talks to, speaks to me. I gotcha. That makes sense. Um, is R&B like a very prevalent genre in Melbourne? Like, is it, cause I interview a lot of like indie folk artists and a lot of like rock metal bands but is like is there a solid r&b scene in melbourne yeah i think like it's a kind of a neo soul r&b um circle in melbourne um i mean the, the live music or the music scene in melbourne i think really really healthy and there are a lot of other genres but um I, i'd say that's probably more at the forefront mm. gotcha gotcha um so you'd mentioned that you were touring a lot before the pandemic and the lockdown hit. Were you touring a lot or out playing a lot? I, I throw the word touring around because it's like a thing people do. Like they'll do, they'll be from like central Texas where I am, but they'll do like a Texas tour because they could do a Texas tour over the course of a week. Whereas if you try and do like an Australia tour, that's not going to take you a week. It's going to take you a lot longer than that. Like, like yeah. that's the one thing I've learned is it's not easy to tour in Australia. Is that fairly yeah. accurate? I think that would be accurate. Like if you're going to do a tour, it'd be like, you know, the East coast and you're traveling from South to North. Um, and it does take a lot of, a lot of time and a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I do geek a lot. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, maybe one day I'll be, I'll be on tour, but it's never really jumped out to me to want to do that kind of thing either. Um, I don't know whether it's just because I'm like, I've, I, I want to play other places, but mm. thinking about being on like a, you know, two or three month tour. Yeah. Sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah. I completely understand. And like just being on the road all the time, like yep. it's, and that that's kind of where you get the divide because you get a lot of artists that they have these big aspirations they want to tour across the country but they also want to have a like a full band with them and it's not easy to tour with a full band because it's like okay well 
you got to make sure everybody's got that time off. Like, say you want to go do a 10 day tour somewhere. You got to make sure everybody can get those 10 days off. You got to make sure everybody's cool with, Hey, we're probably not going to make any money on this tour because independent music, you know? And so yeah. that that's where you see a lot of musicians kind of go into like a solo thing where it's just like, okay, it's solo acoustic when I'm on tour or out gigging because then I don't have to worry about a band. But then when they go into record, it's like a full band and it's like a completely different sound. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you mentioned the independent thing as well. It's yeah. like finding that funding. You don't have a major behind you to, yeah. you know, to pour money into you. And, but I feel like even now, um, a lot of those the big, even bigger artists that do have major backing, like just money, it's all money. So that's that's the hard thing about music, I think, is that business side. Um, and it can get a little bit defeating at times. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think a lot of artists might feel that. Um, but I don't know, that's the game, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, very true. Um, when you When there isn't a global pandemic going on, how often are you out playing? Or how often would you like to be out playing? Um, before everything shut down, I was probably playing two or three times a week. Um, over summer, like it obviously gets a lot easier. Mm -hmm. um, and is that, is that something as far as like two, uh, playing two or three times a week, is that just around Melbourne or is that around like Victoria, like the, the state? Yeah. Yep. So probably traveling Victoria, um, Tasmania. New South Wales, South Australia. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, mainly like a lot of country Victoria. Like last mm -hmm. year, I saw a lot of the country. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that's what I keep telling people or to any, because one of our aspirations within the next two years, I do expand it to two years because I can't guarantee we're going to be able to actually travel to Australia next year with everything going yeah. on is yeah. we want to come to Australia and the plan is we go to, uh, we do like a few days in Melbourne, a few days in Sydney and a few days. I don't remember if it was Brisbane or Adelaide. It, one of them, you know, and I wanted to travel by train to each of the cities just because I want to be able to see as much of the countryside as I can, that you're not going to pick up on going in an airplane. Uh, you know, yeah. so I. That, well, I hope that, you get the opportunity to to come. I really do. Um, I do sooner too. rather than later, but we'll but we'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, it's just I, know. Was, I, I was like a hundred percent. I would had a plan set out to be ready to go because everybody keeps telling me like November is like a good time to come out. Yeah, because that's when a lot of the festivals are. Yeah, and somebody was telling me no come out during the holidays, come out during Christmas. And I was like, my parents would probably murder me if I decided to go out of the country on Christmas. But, you know, it's one of those things. Um, so, yeah, definitely coming out to Australia is something we want to do. And we're just trying to find the right time. The only issue is it's really expensive to fly out there. Like, I was really surprised how expensive it was. Right. I um yeah I feel you I went to Sweden last year and um, went over in their summer and mm -hmm. yeah I, again it was really crazy expensive. crazy expensive yeah. um but amazing nonetheless but yeah. yeah crazy expensive yeah and so you know we'll, we'll get it together and right now the thing that's holding us back is the pandemic but until yeah. then because like I don't even want to plan anything until the pandemic lifts. Cause like I was talking to a few people that work in the vacation industry and they're, they're telling me like, Oh, my job's saying 2022, maybe we'll be back to work because they work on like cruise liners and stuff. They do like entertainment mm -hmm. stuff for cruise liners. And they're saying six months to 2022. And I'm like, that's oh. a huge gap. And I'm like, that's crazy. And that that's kind of what I'm gauging everything off of right now. It's like, oh, this isn't going to be fun. Like, let me... Let well, me... initially, 
Yeah, absolutely. Initially, um, when it all kind of went down, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe December we'll be back gigging. And then <laughs> as soon as we went into like stage three and then we came into stage four, I'm like, yeah. next year. Yeah. yeah Done. The rest of the year is just probably what we're doing now. Yeah. Staying home and, you know, wearing masks and trying to stay healthy. Yeah. That, that's how it is here right now when i was uh when we first went into lockdown for work that the original idea was okay july we'll be back and then like the end of may came around and they're like september it's like okay okay july came around and it's like maybe january and i'm like oh, man. all right let's just stop putting out days and giving people hope that we're going to go back to work and i'll just pretend like we're not going to be back until january like i'll just pretend yep yeah so. absolutely i've got a friend who um she's originally from new zealand but she lived in melbourne for a little while and she just moved to la in february mm -hmm. um and yeah, like she's the poor thing. Like she's a song, amazing songwriter, and she was obviously pursuing the thing, yeah. moving to LA. And um, yeah, now she's. I mean, thank God for technology. I'm just yeah. so thankful that we have technology because artists like her can. I mean, it's a hustle, but you know mm -hmm. there are means to um, still have an income. But man, I feel for her because she, she like plays keys and sings, and like you know, gigging was going to be her, her means to to get through and now that's been taken away. So yeah. I just, yeah, I just feel for musicians that primarily like just gig to make a living. Um, I'm lucky yeah. I, I teach a little bit during the week, um, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's rough out there. And especially you said she's originally from New Zealand and now she's in LA. She's like thousands of miles away from her family and it's like, can't even get home if she need like if something really bad happens she can't even get home like i mean i'm sure there's a way she can get home because i was talking to a friend of mine she was living in nashville and right as everything happened she jumped on a plane and went back to australia i think right. she i think she lives in sydney i'm not 100 percent sure where in australia she lived and then i was okay. just talking to her the other day and she's like, yeah, I moved or came back to Sydney about a week or so ago. And so I think there's like a way you can get international, but you got to like move diligently, I guess. I don't know. So. Yeah, I think um, she was talking up about going home or not, but because it took so much effort to actually get there, like yeah. visas and lawyers and just so much money, time, energy. Yeah. She's yeah. like, I just really want to see it out. I just really want to stick it out, you know. I just I don't know if I want to just go home right now. Um, and I mean, it's a tough call. If she's I, I get LA, it. Yeah, and if she's in L.A., LA, L.A. is actually a pretty decent place to be right now because you can kind of continue doing what you want to do. Like I just found out today, like. In uh, where I live, I live in Central Texas, in Waco, Texas, that the city just approved the, it, that it's, or they just confirmed that it's okay for people to go out and like busk. Okay. And so like, yeah, you can't go inside these venues and play, but you can go like downtown and busk. And so like- in Texas, I saw, did you say? Yeah, Texas. Right. And so it's like, okay, cool. And now everybody's talking about, okay, well, I'm going to be here on Saturday playing, or I'm going to be here on Sunday playing. And it's like, all right. Like, I mean, it's not the most ideal situation, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how I quite feel about it just yet. I haven't really had a chance to form an opinion on it, but if they're going to play, at least it's outdoors in the open where you can safely socially distance and you can't be in pub in Texas. You can't be in public without a mask on anyway. So. Okay. Like, yeah. So like that, that's, that's the other thing. So I think, I think there was a little bit more thought that went into that. So. Well, I guess um, it gives those musicians, yeah, the means to, to, to make some money, which is a positive, but then I guess it's that health, 
risk as well. So it's it's a tough one. Yeah. I'm I'm with you on the opinion formation of an opinion that yeah. <laughs> takes some. It's some just thinking. one of those things where it's like <laughs> I'm not a musician. Like I work with musicians, but I'm not a musician. And so, yeah. like, whether they should be able to go out and busk is not for me to say because I'm not a musician. Like, and I, I love going out and watching them. So the fact that I heard that they're playing this weekend, I'll probably go out and find them. Yeah. So, but. Oh, that's um, really nice to hear that you would, yeah, that you support in yeah. that way. I mean, really I nice always do. Um, yeah. But during the pandemic, have you kind of been? taking this opportunity to challenge yourself creatively, like whether it's listening to different types of music to bring in um, a different influence to your music or learning to play an instrument or changing up writing styles. Have you kind of been doing anything to challenge yourself during all this? So initially when everything kind of all went down, um, I wouldn't say I did. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was really important just to take some time just to, uh, I think a lot of people felt, and a lot of creatives felt a lot of pressure to mm -hmm. create and to, you know, come up with, because it's like, you've got all this time and, mm -hmm. you know, what are you doing with that time? And I know that there was a lot of conversations amongst, well, my friends um, and a lot of people were feeling pressure. I think I just took some time um and just kind of got my head around everything i'm studying at the moment as well so thank goodness that i have that mm -hmm. um because it's something that isn't necessarily sometimes i can just get caught in a creative hole and you know it's just not good <laughs> for me yeah. so having that that's something that's different that's not music is really good um but i think I started drawing again. I started gardening. I started doing other things that um, I haven't done for a very long time, which was so liberating. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think doing those different things actually allowed me to come back and go, oh, okay, actually, I feel like I want to write a song. I actually feel like I want to sit down at the piano and have a play. I actually feel like learning a song um, because before it was like, you have to do this, you have to do that, especially in gig season when you're, learning a heap of songs every week and you know they're not songs that you necessarily want to be learning and if you do that for long enough I think you can risk kind of getting um, a little bit over it mm. um, so having the freedom to do those things has been a really nice change um, and then doing other things that are creative and the new direction that Sally's going in as well that's allowed me to um, experiment with some visual things and learn more about that visual art space um, and that's been so cool it's been a steep learning curve and made me realize that I probably had these grand expectations that I have had to readjust yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know if you know any good animators please let me know because I'm looking for an animator at the moment and I just just learning like how different creatives work and stuff has been really intriguing for me to learn and um, navigate as well yeah absolutely and that's really cool that you're like looking into all the different creative avenues you know it, that you asked about an animator and it's like I like to consider that I know how to animate, but like I go back and look at some of the stuff I've created and it's like, no, I'm not an animator. I'm not, what are, <laughs> why am I fooling myself? So I, I'm just a guy that plays around with things, you know? Love um, it. Yeah. <laughs> but so you brought something up that you've started doing during the pandemic, which is gardening. What are you gardening right now? Oh, uh, not much. Okay. <laughs> But just more getting out and um, little things like just tending to plants. I don't know. It's just really, really um, relaxing. Weeding. And um, I've got like some natives that I'm like growing from little little plants that I got from my dad and then, you know, breaking them up and planting them. And it's just really nice to be outside and amongst plants. Yeah. can't explain it yeah it's no, so good I, I completely understand like 
two weeks ago, I started, well, actually, it goes back a little bit further. About a month and a half ago, I wanted to start growing lemon trees because when I drink water, mm-hmm. I like to put lemon, like squeeze a lemon and put it in my water. Electrolytes, you know, all the different health benefits and what have you. And I was like, okay, well, instead of me going to buy lemons from the store, I'm going to grow a lemon tree. And so then once that grows, I'll start plucking my own lemons and, you know, it'll be amazing. Except I didn't realize it takes three years to grow a lemon tree. <laughs> and I'm sitting here, I'm like, I'm sitting here growing. And it's been like a month and a half and they're barely starting to sprout. And I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And I start looking. And it's like, oh, yeah, it takes three years. And I'm like, dang it. Uh, I don't even know if I'm going to be in Texas in three years. So, like, this is not going to happen. And so then I was talking to somebody on the podcast. And they were talking about how they started growing peppers. And it's like, takes like two, depending on what kind of peppers you're growing, it takes like two months, relatively quick turnaround. And I'm like, perfect. That's what I want to start growing. So I started growing cayenne peppers in my backyard. Or, well... In my back patio, it's I don't really have a backyard because I live in an apartment complex. So it's like mm-hmm. a four foot by 10 foot back patio. And I got a little dirt bucket with some seeds in it. That's all you need. That's all you need. I um, Before we went into stage four, I actually wanted to, I was looking into like worm farms. Mm-hmm. And um, I also wanted to like build because like my dad's a, like a carpenter by trade. So I was going to get my dad to help me build like a couple of little veggie boxes or and or garden beds but um we can't go anywhere to get materials now yeah. so that's that's being parked for a few more weeks yeah my actually my boss well, i was talking to my boss last night and she wants to she has a she raises chickens and she needs to build she had just recently moved um to a new place and she needs to put a fence around her chicken coop and she called the fencing company to come in and build the fence. And they're like, we can't do anything for at least two months. We have no wood. We have, we're on a wood shortage right now. And I'm like, oh, wait, you need wood? Let, let, let's go into the backyard here. There's, there's a bunch of, and obviously I was joking because it's, you know, tree wood. But yeah, so it was just like, dang. <laughs> yeah. And so she's just like, yeah, I don't quite know what to do. But I was like, well, I mean, there's a wood shortage. You can't really do much about that. So, no. Yeah. That's interesting. Is that just like because people have gone out and bought stuff to make? Or is that because production has? I think it's because production's kind of halted. Which which is interesting because we we went through something very similar with like, I mean, I'm sure every country went through the whole toilet paper shortage yeah okay yeah yeah that that just wasn't something that i wanted to talk about because it was just like that's a really weird thing like no no it's so weird it was like panic buying yeah um we had the same thing here yeah was before things even got like super serious yeah And it was funny because the day that I found out like this was an issue, I just went to the store and they had like, I mean, they were low on toilet paper, but they still had toilet paper. Like I wasn't like, oh, they're just low. They must be a stocking night. Like they must be restocking the night or something. And then I talked to my mom and she's like, wait, you still have toilet paper? And I'm like, yeah, I just went to Target over here and uh they had like not a lot but like a pretty decent amount she's like you need to turn around go back into that store and go buy whatever you can that's the problem though that's why that's why we're in this division because people are going back and buying yeah 20 packs i was like (laughs) well i mean i picked up a four pack that's all i really need like because i don't i live by myself i don't go through toilet paper like that you know and at least when I was at work, I never went through toilet paper because I was at work 12 out. Right. 12 hours a day. So it's like, I'm here on the weekends, maybe. So, you know. Well, just- thank goodness we're not living in those months that we were. 
yeah. in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so kind of moving forward, how are you prepared? Were you, is there a concern that you may not be able to release your second single or is it just, nope, we want to release it in October or September or like whenever it is. And that's the date regardless of what's going on. Yeah. That's, I mean, we've got the means to put it out. Like pretty much this project's going um, digital for a little while anyway. So I guess there's no reason not to put anything out at the yeah. moment. Um, yeah, because I don't have grand plans for lab shows at the moment mm. anyway, um, regardless of we can't do them, but I don't have grand plans for that. Um, they cost a lot of money and I just, yeah, I kind of got, I've, yeah, I've got a plan for this next single that it'll, it'll just be all online mm -hmm. um, at this point. And yeah, that's the, that's the case. <laughs> awesome. And are you focusing more on Spotify streams or like where, where are you really trying to push your views? Are you focusing a lot on Spotify or outright buying the singles? You know, where, where's that kind of focus at? Yeah, I think um, with, yeah, with Spotify and YouTube for me, yeah. I really want to focus on getting some um, video content together for this, for this new release um, and the new direction and um, really focusing on that. Cause that's a tough one that I've, been kind of thinking about <laughs> for a little while um, on how to grow that um, because I just see such a great benefit. Yeah, yeah. we uh, we've been recently going back into our YouTube because we kind of strayed away from our YouTube following and focused all on Facebook. And now it's just kind of like, wait, what happens if Facebook goes away? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I kind of, I don't know, Facebook, like it's great, it's a, they're all tools, um, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, but yeah, I just think, yeah, uh, the video content thing is is, is a major, major mm -hmm. thing that I'd like to focus on for the next little bit. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And so, you got that coming out here next month or two, you got the album hopefully coming out. You said beginning of next year or next year sometime, possibly. That's kind of the yeah. There'll be an there'll be an EP. Um, oh. it, it'll ha it'll be about five or six songs. Um, okay. and they're all they're all ready to go. I've just got to, you know, being independent mm -hmm. and finding you know studio money and promotion money and all that stuff. So um, I mean the the kind of situation where I'm looking at um, applying for grants and getting some assistance with that um to be able to yeah keep going long term and mm -hmm. something that's sustainable yeah um setting yeah. yourself up for the future instead of like the immediate right is that kind of what you're yeah Absolutely. that's awesome that's really awesome so for the current batch of songs that you've recorded for i should know better and the new single that's coming out what was that recording process like? Did you go into like a proper studio or did you do a lot of the recording yourself? Like, what was that recording process like? Yeah, so um, I Should Know Better was with Evie and SB90. And then this new one coming out is with um, a production duo called Entente Music, who are also based in Melbourne. Hmm. Both um, processes were very similar so I went into the studio it started out as a songwriting session um essentially I sit down so with I Should Know Better sat down with Evangeline we like I had we chatted about what it was that we wanted to write about um and I'd had this situation just happen like a couple of weekends before and I was like I am furious and I need to write this um <laughs> And then, so, and then SB90, he just kind of sits in the background and, sorry, I shouldn't say sit in the background, but he's sitting at the computer and he's got like, you know, a beat or um, might be like a guitar hook or it might be some keys or some chords or something, whatever kind of speaks to us at the time. And then he'll just start kind of laying the vibe and then we'll start coming up with melodies and then um, kind of fitting lyric into melody. 
And honestly, like at the end of every session, we've come out with a song. So we I write really well with those guys um, because everything is like, I think in the past I've kind of had situations where I've been told what I can't do or mm. what you shouldn't do. And that is really defeating. Whereas with these guys, it's like, no, no, that's a great idea. Let's like go down that. Idea. Let's explore that. Let's. So I think I'm getting a lot of confidence back. I've lost a lot of confidence with my songwriting, but I'm getting a lot of it back now. And then with the guys from Entente, it was a similar thing. Just um, discussed like, you know, we might have started with a synth or a bass line or something like that. Um, and then we, we come out of it with a song. And then essentially they remotely finish off the production, um, send it to me. If I've got any more input, I'll say, you know, if there might be something up high that I want to add or the synth or whatever it is. And then they'll mix it and we've got to start. Nice. Awesome. That's really cool. Um, and so as we kind of start working towards the end of the podcast, cause I know it's still early for you. So you got a full day of Wednesday. Let <laughs> us know how Wednesday is. Let me know if it's better than Tuesday. So, um, I've never actually made that future joke before. I've always wanted to be like, let me know how the future. I, I shall, I shall let you know. I shall report back. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's one thing that you've really learned throughout your journey in music that you wish you would have known when you first got started? Um, that I think my voice is important. I think everybody's voice is important. Um, everyone has something to say and I think this is something that I've learned pretty recently actually is, um, you know, like you, you might make a lot of mistakes in trying to relay a message or trying to relay something that you feel really strongly about, but it's actually okay to kind of fall on your face a few times before you nail what it is that you're trying to, to relate. Um, cause I think I've always been caught up in the whole got to be cool and it's got to be this and it's got to be that and that's tiring so um yeah just being authentic and uh and just finding what it is about yourself that you know is important to put forward gotcha gotcha um and then what's kind of been the process what's been the process going through trying to find the creative voice for the Sully project. What's that journey kind of been like? Was it always like an R&B thing that you thought about? Or did you originally have another idea for it? I think she's frozen. Sorry, I, I lost you there, Tom. Oh, yeah. I was sitting here. I was like, dang, she's either really <laughs> intently listening to what I'm asking or she's frozen. Oh, mm. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, mm. I'll, I'll ask the question again. Um, yes, please. <laughs> so for the Sully Project, what's the journey been like trying to find the sound and the creative element? Was it always intended to be kind of like this soul pop R&B thing or did you originally have another idea for it uh, what's that journey kind of been like for you um yeah so it was shaped so like musically it was very much shaped by um things that I listen to and just it immediately makes me feel good so yeah it was probably naturally lending itself to the pop R&B vibe um from there I think the songwriting process, like the songwriting, I, I really love, you know, strong, strong melody. Um, and like I said before, you know, that, that lyric content, that's where I think it's like Evangeline is just such a blessing because like her ability to, to help shape a melody and, and write a lyric is just, I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, so yeah, I think like it's, I didn't really have a lot of parameters mm -hmm. it was just that. And I shared some reference tracks of things that I really like elements of the tracks that I really liked. And it might, might've been a, a baseline or like a snare or like something that just kind of jumped out at me. But from there it was kind of like, whatever happens, happens. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
Um, so where can everybody, like, I know you're kind of going through the whole rebrand process, but where can everybody find you online? Where can they find, I should know better, you know, all that fun stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, if you search up the link tree forward slash Sally with a Y, W H Y, um, and you can find me on Instagram underscore Sally music underscore. <laughs> awesome. You know, a little funny story. So when uh, Tammy first reached out to me about setting up an interview with you, yeah, she said the name Sully. And there was a yeah. guy that I worked with who's also from Australia. His name is, or his band, or his solo stage name is Sully, but it's I-E. And then she right. came up like, no, this is Sully with a Y. And I thought she was just like emphasizing like the spelling difference. And then I was just like, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And then I saw your face or your YouTube page. I was like, nope. That's a thing. It's, it's kind of doing both. And I've got this um, little thing that I've had for years. It's like on my finger. It's just, I don't know how that ended up working out, but that was kind of a cool little little thing to, to add as well. So yeah. it all works. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I've had an absolute blast talking with you. Can't wait to hear the new single and the full album once it's ready. Uh, so I'm really excited. You got a brand new fan in me. Like I've been had the opportunity to kind of look through your stuff the last day or so. And I'm really excited to kind of see where everything progresses. And hopefully once this pandemic uh, decides not to be an issue anymore, international travel well, will be possible and we will be yeah. Australia born. I was going to say traveling across the pond, but that's a thing we say for <laughs> going to London. And I was just like, I don't think that works for Australia, but you know. no, thank you so much for having me on today, Tom. It's been an absolute pleasure having a chat with you. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. But um yeah once again thank you so much thank you everybody for tuning in and we'll catch you guys later